morning, everybody. This is episode 37. We're recording at 9 a.m. Well, 9.30 now because we're never on time. Anyway, welcome to 37. Uh, Kirk Dubay. Tug, give us a recap. What happened last time? (sighs) So, uh... (laughs) Uh, right, we had the we got the scales. We went to a place. Uh, we went to Sassy's. She wasn't there, um, so we decided to go to Falcors to get our training in uh, for Artisi Trekus. Uh, we went to that place, and Sassy was there, and they were uh, spitting each other some "Are you afraid of the dark?" stuff. Um, so we were like, what is that stuff? And they're like, hey, we know what you're all about. You guys are collecting the MacGuffins, and we're going to help you get this MacGuffin. And we were like, dope. We need to win this Artisi Trekus match to do that. Um, and then they're like, why do you need an army? And we're like, tons of shit's about to pop off. Uh, and then we decided which uh, dragon boards we were going to be based on the scales we took. I believe I'm the blue no i'm the bronze nope. yeah Br- brass i'm the brass Br- why can i never get that <laughs> i don't know i am the brass one carl is the white one and uh derf is the blue one um yep. i'm gonna be kind of like the uh attacker uh if you will uh which will be using the snipe breath like in a straight line derf is kind of our midfielder attacking midfielder i think is how uh he described it and Carl will be running D, so uh, hopefully we don't lose immediately when the game starts. <laughs> we have time to figure it out. Um, I think that's the best I'm gonna get. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's where that's where you're at. Um, I <laughs> well, I attempted to end the episode on your training begins now from Falcor, and then and then Durf was like, well, well, you know, we got to get our animals first, so. <laughs> <laughs> the ending was delayed a little bit, but basically you are still in Falcors. Um, he just said, let's start training. You said, wait, we got to get our animals first. That's where you are. Well, what do you guys want to do? Um, I guess we have to get the animals since we already ruined the like, It would be kind of <laughs> stupid for us to have ruined the end of one episode and then not done that thing. <laughs> not do that. Just change it up. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so Falcor looks at you guys and he says, "Right, right. Um, meet me, meet me out in my yard once you get them. Be quick." <laughs> okay, um, I guess we need to merc these potions, right, <laughs> to get the animals. Yeah. yeah. What time? Dr- what time? I, what time is it? Game time. So Same you time it always is. you went to let's see, you went to Jello Crew House around midnight, and then Sassy's. It's probably about one a.m. So so all of last episode happened in an hour, w- including Falcord. Okay, perfect. This is great. The last episode in the so the two episodes we recorded in three hours was one hour game time. Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. let's go. Sure. So it's one a.m. <laughs> uh, uh, Tug drinks his potion to. We already did that. We actually you did are, that you, in the, in the last episode. So yep, I am I am my brass dragonborn. You guys are all dragonborns. So let's get the animals. Let's go back to the, I guess, the pudding house and or the Jello house and. Did we make a potion for Eugene? Uh, yeah, there is yes. a potion. Yep. Has he taken you, it yet? No. He should fly us back to where the animals are. It Do was you want like him a to take three it? minute. According to our timeline, it was a twelve second walk. Honestly, um, Durf, if you want to try and wrangle some of the animals up, and uh, I'll go in and beat the fuck out of our tied up prisoners. <laughs> try and maybe reset that knockout counter or whatever. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Sure. Do you want to do you want to turn uh, Eugene or not yet? Not yet. Okay. All right. So you guys head down. Um, the rain's still coming down in the city. Uh, it's you know it's pitch black. Obviously, it's one o'clock. You hear rumbles of thunder in the distance as you guys head down to that first gate level and back to the Jello Crew house. And you you hear you know the sounds of the animals still in the stables, a little freaked out. Um, and you know the lights still on inside. So. So, Tug, you're going to go inside and give a little one-two, knock them back out? Yep. Okay. Just just because they're awake when you get in there. They're going to be and- so brain damaged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just- as a monk, I know how to do precision strikes to okay. not impact the longevity of their life, just their state in the present, which is uh, which is awake. Cool. <laughs> so you, you just you just step up to them and give them a little like, viper strike punch to the forehead. All three just pop, pop, pop. 
It's and called my sleep strike. Again. It's called my sleep strike. <laughs> they're out. They're out again. Uh, a Durf. And Carl, you going with Durf? Or? Yeah, I'm going to help Durf wrangle the, wrangle the mounts. All right. So you guys go over to this huge shed and um, you go, you see this big oak door there and there's chains around the handles keeping it locked closed. Pick them. You pick the lock. All right. Slide hand. 15. 15, yeah, that's good. Uh, so you stick a little lockpick in there and like with a click, the bolt comes free and you open the door and there's these three lanes and the smell is pretty rancid, just of like old barnyard. There's straw everywhere, big, you know, dusty water's dripping from the ceiling, from the rain down into the the dirt that's creating a whole muddy mess. and Giant animal s- turds. Right, lots of giant animal turds, just just turd turdville. It's they're everywhere. There's so many turds. Nice. And uh, there they are, the three the three animals. You see the black Pegasus, and right now in the pitch blackness, all you really see is his blue eyes, and then you see your your silvered wyvern and the hippogriff from before that you stole the feather from, and they're freaking out about the storm or about us. Uh, you can tell they're just, they're on edge because of the storm, but then they, they see you come in and you are dragonborn. So they see you come in and, um, they, they're a little freaked out just because of the suddenness of the door opening and like, there's someone standing there, but not necessarily because of who you are. So it's not like they like recognize us as doppelgangers of their masters. Currently. No. No. Okay. Not until we start talking and don't know anything about what our, what these guys were like. <laughs> <laughs> Tug put on the uh, like uniform. So it like, I guess I'm assuming smells work something along with animals. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So you guys all have your like sweater jerseys on. Yes. Yeah. That'll be yes. real fun in the rain. Wet sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm assuming we have magic to to do <laughs> things that repairs that. I don't know. As the only non-magic user. Can uh, c- can uh, Roxy clean soak up water? No, no. it's not a sponge. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, I walk up to the animals. Okay. Which one? Um, so Start with yours. The so my, my guy's the hippogriff, right? Cor- correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, because you're blue. Yep. Um, so I will walk up to the hippogriff and be like, hey. <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, not like in animal talk. Like, I can, I could talk to him. That is something I could do. But So just you like, were just, hey. you're just walking up to him and just going, hey? Yeah, maybe give him a little pat on the snout. Do hippogriffs okay. have snouts? I guess they have, like, beaks. Okay, yeah, give me I'll a... scratch give me him a, behind the ears. <laughs> give me an animal handling check. <laughs> Fucking 27. <laughs> Damn it, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so he, like, nuzzles into you. He notices who you are and, and nuzzles into, you know, your neck, and you feel a little beak, like, on your shoulder. This thing is massive, though. I mean, it's like... This thing is, like, 10 feet above your head. Uh, but it seems to recognize you and seems to to see you as its master. Cool. We're we're gonna traumatize these guys. They're gonna have real trust issues after this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. I guess I'll 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 go over the Pegasus too and the fucking. Well, I don't know if they like me though. Um, like me, the dragonborn. Tug will yeah. attempt to approach his Pegasus. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Tug, you you come out of the house and you walk across the yard to the shed and you see your your black Pegasus there. Give me give me an animal handling check for, for not doing anything. Yup. <laughs> okay. Just to, just to look at it. <laughs> all righty. Come on. A ten. A ten. Honestly, better than I thought I was going to get. That's not as good as a 27. <laughs> okay, <laughs> druid. <laughs> Durf, do you want to do anything to help? You're right. Shame on me. Um, As the druid? Let me think. What could I do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> throw into its mind, be fucking chill. <laughs> yeah, you- yeah, yeah, I'll do that. 
<laughs> you, so you're gonna wait. You can't throw things into its mind. That's only with Eugene. I just give him a couple finger guns and cast animal friendship from the tip uh, of okay. my finger guns. All right. What do I have to do for that? Actually, let me make sure that doesn't do something like well, the animal will uh, remember that you cast this and hate you. <laughs> that just it just convinces a beast that you mean it no harm. Okay. And this was, what do I have to do to this for this? Make a save or something? If the beast's intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, it has to. Okay. Uh-oh. Otherwise, the beast must succeed on a wisdom save or be charmed for the spell's duration. It fails. Your spell fails. Shit. So now you just you just finger gunned it some wizardry <laughs> and it just doesn't work. It, yeah, it kind of looks at you sideways like, what? Son of a dick. So, okay, so you rolled a 10 tug. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so, sorry, buddy. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to uh, calm this creature down? I was just going to uh, approach it from the, from the front, obviously, so it can see me, mm-hmm. and then just reach out and, like, pat its neck, because I'm tall enough to do that now. Okay. Yeah, um, a, 10, a 10 is fine. It's not good enough. It's not bad enough to, you know, like, freak him out. But he he obviously like pulls his neck aside from you and shows you his ass and turns around in his in his stall. Interesting. Okay. Don't stand behind him; he'll kick you. <laughs> you ever talk to horse people? They're like, "Don't stand behind a fucking horse, man." <laughs> well, in this game, you are our horse people, and you're really just letting us down right now. <laughs> True. Carl, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm going to like lock eyes with uh the the wyvern and just slowly kind of walk towards it without ever breaking eye contact until I uh, kind of reach uh like arms distance and then I'll kind of reach out my hand in a non-aggressive manner. All right, give me an animal handling check. Nineteen. Son Nineteen. Dickhole. Right. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So the the wyvern like. Uh, elongates its neck around you like around your shoulders and with its long snaky tongue kind of licks the side of your face oh yeah no i mean like in a no that's weird (laughs) why did you make that sound (laughs) okay (laughs) all right uh so yeah so two of you are good to go tug what do you want to do well, right now I'm Googling how to charm a Pegasus D&D. And I get a lot of results here. Uh, does anybody have charm person? That's the fourth result that came up. Well, I don't have the, the stat box. If he's wise, he's totally going to see that I mean, we're do you, fucked up. Do you have any like food or anything on you? Oh, beer. Uh-huh. I can't get it wasted. Uh-huh. Give him a beer. Give him All a right, beer. We're giving him a beer. So, um, let me check my character sheet to see what I have available to I me. I love this. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, I have two uh, absinthe beers that give plus two to inspiration for six hours. Nice. Uh-huh. carry to the tournament. Ooh. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, I'm going to use Tug's mug to split that into magically into two doses. So, one into two doses. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And then I'm going to, again, try and get back to the front of him or her. Take a quick peek to see if it's a him or her on the way, on the way by. <laughs> it's a guy. Okay. Um, and again, I'm not going to talk, but I'm going to approach from the front, try and uh, pat his neck again, and offer the beer in an open hand. So, like, in a non-threatening manner. Uh, the absinthe that will hopefully give it plus two inspiration for six hours. Okay, excellent. Uh, roll a persuasion check. All right, that's probably no better than uh, with the, with advantage. With advantage. Uh, so I rolled a thirteen and a twelve. So a thirteen it is. Okay, all right. So he uh, he sniffs the mug, and he's like, <laughs> or whatever sound horses make, <laughs> and then he lifts his his head up towards you, and he looks you straight in the eye, and he smirks slightly. And he brings up his hood up, his hoof up for a knuckles. Uh, I pound the rock, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You guys pound, <laughs> you pound rocks, and with like a tongue inside the glass, he scoops up all of the liquid and drinks it immediately. 
I give him a big hug on his neck. That's adorable. What do you guys want to name these creatures? Holy shit. I didn't know that was an option. Mine mine is Troyer. Troyer? Yep. Okay. What is that from? Is my hippogriff a boy or a girl? Okay, the Pegasus is a male. The Wyvern, I guess, is a male because you named it Troyer. And let's say the hippogriff is a female. The hippogriff is a female. What color is she? Blue? Brown, red and brown. Red and brown. Reds and browns feathers. Um, is Kirk Googling Pegasus names? No, no, <laughs> no. I heard I typing. I can't, I can't believe you all didn't see this coming. Troyer? Say it. What, is, what, what creature is mine? You A knew wyvern? this beforehand and you came up with Troyer? That's what's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Vern Troyer? With Vern? Why Vern Troyer? Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, That's so okay. bad. Uh, All right. Uh, I re- uh, statement redacted. Uh, <laughs> or retracted. Retracted. I don't have a joke for mine. Rosa. I'm going to name my hippogriff Rosa. Rosa. All right. Durf and Rosa. Carl and Troyer. Uh, Mr. Boomsday? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Boomsday. That's what Mr. I want. Okay. My... My Pegasus uh, to be gone. Like the whole name. The whole name, Mr. Boomsday. Okay. Yes. Mr. Right. Boomsday. So, the three of you and your mounts, Mr. Boomsday, Rosa, and Troyer, uh, exit the stables, and they are fully trusting in you. Whether or not they think you are their actual owners, or whether they or not they see through your, your masks and are just happy to be with a new person, you don't really know. But um, that's the situation you're in. Maybe what do you want to do? Their old owners were abusive and will kill them later. Let's not cross that bridge before we get to it. <laughs> Maybe the Pegasus <laughs> likes me because all of their owners' bloods are on my hand. Blood? Bloods. Yeah, blood. Bloods. Also, I want to offer a quick apology to uh, Brian. Because the more I think about it, Troyer's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, to be fair, though, I would have also never put together... Wyvern Troyer. It was either it was either their Troyer Troyer or, or Jules. Now, did you think about that before this episode? Yes, that's beautiful. I had just had to like Jules, who that was. It was okay. either Jules Vern or Vern Troyer. Jules, I like that. All right. Anyway, all right. Troyer, Troyer, Mister Boomsday, and uh, Rosa. Um. So I I we I hop on my I hop on Rosa and I'm like. All right, gal, let's head over the fucking that place we're going to. I hop on the peg the Pegasus, Mister Boomsday, and uh, I just want him to do a very chest puffed out fancy trot all the way there, <laughs> like a, like a high stepping like trot. Like, yeah. Oh yes. Okay. All right. What is uh what is Troyer doing? I, I I'm gonna hop on Troyer and go. Troyer away. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a fan. Yeah. I agree. That's Kirk your agrees. female voice? <laughs> I mean, just just that, that one. It'll change a little bit, probably. Maybe. Oh, Who knows? my God. Man of, man of a million voices. I, I just want to point out that you knew we were going to be turning into these people and made one of them a woman anyway. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Oh. Also, I like the little plug to episode one. I am the man of a million voices. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the third voice you've done poorly. Um, they're all going to be poor, but I might do like five female voices this episode alone. So, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> start, remember the right. start, start counting. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Back to the story. All right, so you you take well, okay. So Durf and Carl, you guys take off on your mounts, and you soar high up, and you have to hang on for dear life. Uh, there's no saddles on these boys and girls, these boys. Oh, no. I also I ride side saddle. You ride, okay. <laughs> Just, I'm a proper. That's I'm a, a proper female dragonborn. <laughs> okay, love it. And you guys take off, and you head towards Falcor's. Uh, Tug, you Durf as a barrel roll. Natural one. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. No, that's that's great. You you did it. You suck for the consequences. You take off turf. And you're about 
uh, you're about 500 feet off the ground. <laughs> Give or take a few. And you do a barrel roll on Rosa. And she, you pull her feathers to the side, like to try to be like, come on, Rosa, let's go. And she just <laughs> tilts to the side and you spill off. And you are falling. As I see him fall, you know, obviously I'm like, oh shit. And I go, oh, Troy, fetch him. Fetch him now. And when we we start diving to try and catch him. All right, give me a animal handling check. That would be a natural 20. (laughs) No, you're kidding me. Jesus Christ. All right, you you, you soar down, you scoop Durf up, and you throw him on the wyvern, and he's good to go. Except now we lost our hippogriff. (laughs) (laughs) Flies away. Oh, Derv, how does it feel to be riding Troyer? (laughs) Great. Why are you talking like that? (laughs) So can I can I make like a clicking noise? Like I don't know, like horse people do, like, and the hippogriff comes back. Or yeah, no, no, no. She no, she doesn't (laughs) actually fly. She just follows you too, and you guys get to Falcors as Tug. Is just trotting along, high hoofed, down the street, looking very confident. Um, you guys get back to Falcor's finally. We didn't even, we didn't, we didn't even fuck around that much. <laughs> I do a barrel roll. Natural one. Natural one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mistakes were made. <laughs> All right, so you guys get back to Falcor's, and he meets you in in his yard with Sassy and his Pegasus. You follow him out back behind the house and he leads you across the yard to a spot against the mountainside because his house is kind of like up against the mountainside on the northern northern side of Arrow's Edge. And the mountainside is just riddled with these vines that are climbing down, like old vines climbing 10 feet up the sides. But he pulls them away and, and his Pegasus actually helps him and they, they yank these, these vines away and it reveals this massive oak door that's built into the mountain. And he pushes it open and leads you and your mounts down into the dark for a long while. Suddenly, the path ends, opening into a large, dark cavern. And he looks to Sassy, who's been following you as well. And he says, Light, please, Sassy. And she nods and she waves her hands to and fro around the air in front of her. And suddenly, a dozen of these tiny flames burst from her palms and they spread out around the cavern walls in front of you, lighting a set of old torches that glow bright, revealing the room around you. And you see this large circular pit that lies before you, surrounded by ceilings that reach up like a hundred feet up and they into an arched ceiling. You see around you dusty tables and desks and chairs that litter the floor, but your eyes are distracted or directed. Your eyes are directed to a single glass orb, no larger than three feet in diameter, in the air, suspended in the center of the room, kind of like up into up in the air. And Falcor mounts his Pegasus. What should his Pegasus's name be? Skittles. <laughs> Richard. It's a female. Richard. Richette. <laughs> Richette. Richard Eda. Richard the girl. (laughs) Richard the girl. girl. I like Skittles. I like Skittles. All right. Falcor Falcor mounts his Pegasus and he says, Come on, Skittles. Let's kick the dust off, eh? And she shakes her head with a floof and her wings spread wide and they are off into the air. They dart around the orb with incredible skill, barrel rolling high towards the ceiling only to come down in a nosedive, pulling up at the last second, sending a streak of dust off the floor that scatters into the air in a line, kicking off to hover back down in front of the orb once again, facing you, and Falcor calls out. Well then, shall we begin? Derf uh, begins. Go- <laughs> Tug is obviously still on Mr. Boomsday, and um, with just a little, a little, little light s- squeeze of the hands, Mr. Boomsday shoots off into the air. Nice. I guess Derf gets off of the wyvern and onto the hippogriff again, Rosa. Oh yeah, yeah. She uh, followed you back down. Yep. I, I, I hop on her. I take off. I'm going to do another barrel roll. This one, a two, which means a 13. Oh, because you're rolling animal handling? 
Yeah. It's okay. So you take <laughs> off into the air. You fly towards the ceiling. Uh, you struggle for a little bit. Like she hangs in the air upside down a little bit too long, and you have to like hold on real tight. But you you make it. It's a barrel roll. It's fine. Carl, what are you doing? Uh, Troyer just you know gently follows along. We're good to go. It's like we've it's like we've we've known each other forever. Okay. Beautiful. Pretty stuck right. that the balance of uh, the world's future laid into one barrel roll maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> because that could have easily been just the hippogriff taking off, and that would have been super reasonable. Well, we just- at any given moment, we could turn uh, Eugene into a second hippogriff. So I'm sure that'll go we've swimmingly, got a, too. We've got a backup hippogriff. So you guys are flying around this orb, and Falcor is uh, hovering around, and he, you guys are going to do some training exercises. And based on your training, I'm going to give you what are called stunt points. Okay? So we can talk about that a little bit more uh, after, after we do some training. So the first thing we're going to do is um, Falcor gathers you around the orb, and he says, now, the rules of Aratissi Trekkis say you must score three hits on this orb in order to win the game. The orb will glow a different color, designating which hit you are on. Blue is one, purple is two, and red is three. Dragonborn have a limited supply of the power that causes them to be able to use these breath weapons. We combat that with potions, and he points down towards the uh, the corner of the room. Oh, it's a circular room, but he, he points down to one of the tables, and you see like a set, a set of these blue po- potions there on the table. And he says, after you use your breath weapon, you will need to drink one of those potions to recharge it. Do you understand? Yeah. How many do we have? The potions will be set up for you in the arena in various locations. There usually is an unlimited supply unless something happens. Question. But we might have to fight for them. Correct. Okay, so I was going to say, they're, they're not team designated. It's just those no. are the potions that everybody has access to. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Awesome. Can we take the potions with us? No, you will start with no potions. You will start when we get to the arena on game day today, later today. <laughs> You in, in two hours. <laughs> right. In two hours. In several hours. When we get to the arena, you will be you will only have on you your jerseys and your mounts, and you, your weapons will be taken from you, and you will be given a choice of a blunted sword, a club, or padded arrows to use. Do you get a bow? Also a, a no. bow with no, you have to throw them <laughs> very hard. No, a bow They're and like padded arrows, yes. Yes, correct. <laughs> this is like, uh, I was just thinking, of, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal a few months ago about a guy who was like a life hacker, brain hacker, who was like, I'm going to hack my brain to try to beat Magnus Carlsen at chess in a month. And then he completely got his ass whipped. <laughs> <laughs> and that's us going out there like, yeah, we're going to practice for like 20 minutes. we're good we're good Um, so let us practice with the breath weapons first and he flies off to a place um, high up about 50 feet away from the orb and beckons you all to follow Uh, I follow yeah all right, so you and your mounts, you may, you're in your mounts follow, and he says, okay, now one at a time, make a shot on the orb with your breath weapon. Let us get started in trying this out. Um, so for mine, you said I could use my dexterity, right? Uh, yeah, everybody can. When you, use, when you um, make an attack on the orb, it is going to be a ranged attack with your dexterity, um, not your proficiency modifier, just your dexterity mod. We said that just because you are very new to this. Um, when you are making an attack on a person, we'll use the normal breath weapon rules, which is either a dex save if you have a line weapon or a con save if you have a... Um, Basically, I think, Carl, you're going to be the only one with the con right. save because of Frozen. So, uh, so yeah. But if you're making an attack on the target, which is the orb, it'll be just a, a ranged attack. So, Tug, you're going to pull up first? Yep. All right. You're 50 feet away. Make this shot. 
24. How long is our uh, line? Um, It's in here somewhere. Uh, It's only 30 feet long. That's so what perfect. I asked. Yeah, good thinking. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, all right. So you are 50 feet away. Tug, you, it's where you said 24? Yeah. So I'll, dart, right. I'll dart forward with uh, some seeming maneuvers, maybe a spin move or two. Then I'll fire a breath weapon. All right. At so at, at 50 feet, yeah. Okay. So at 50 feet, you fire this this breath weapon. You load it up and your cheek puffs out a little bit. And this line of fire blasts out towards the orb. And it is straight. It is. It lights up the cavern. It's an excellent breath. But it just falls short about 20 feet. And Falcor turns to you and he says... Now, this is why I did this. You are 50 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> you, are, you are 50 feet away. In order to make a hit on the orb, you must be at least at the most 30 feet away. Okay? The closer you are, the easier it will be to hit. And he, he him and his Pegasus fly forward another 20 feet. And he says, now, try again. So, Tug tries again? Yes. Uh, 14. 14. Okay, that misses. Beautiful. So you you load up. Uh, actually, no, you got to fly down. You fly down, you drink another potion, you come back up. Um, we'll just say you did that real quick. And you fire another fiery blast. And this one's a little bit a little bit worse. It's, it's kind of like you, you, you blow out this fire, and it's not in a perfect line. It's a little bit wide, and it just soars left of the orb as, like, sparks fall to the ground. And he says, hmm, we'll have to work on that. Will anybody else like to try? Uh, Tug turns to Falcor and goes, yeah, but did you see my last one? Where if you didn't set me up the wrong distance away, I would have crushed it. <laughs> uh, semantics. And then Dur- Tug zooms down and goes to get another potion. All right. Durf, Durf takes a shot at it. All right. Take a shot. Nine. Nine? Yeah. You miss as well. So you uh you load up yeah, you load up this this lightning. Your your uh your chest feels this immense heat and that's kinda like numbing energy as you open your mouth and your lightning just streaks in all directions, like a crackle of actual lightning. It doesn't go in a line whatsoever, it just kind of like sparks out to the left and to the right. And he says, You need to focus your fire. Carl, your breath is cone-shaped. It is very difficult for White Dragonborn to force their breath into a line. You will have to be no further than 15 feet away if you want to make a shot on the orb, for any reason. I don't envision that happening. I'm gonna be playing defense. That is a different voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole point. All of them gonna be different. Take a shot anyway. Why don't you fly on up there don't get any closer than 15 feet, but take a shot. Uh, I, I, okay, fine. I fly over there on Troyer, but uh, I get 14 feet. 18. 18 will hit. All right, so you blast this cold air towards the orb, and it like these uh, crystallized ice starts to form on the orb, and it glows a light blue as you make the hit. And Falcor says, very good, Carl, very good. You are natural. And, uh, Carl, take a stunt point. Oh, yeah. And I'll explain what that is later. All right, well, let's try something different. Now that you've kind of tested out your breath weapons, let's try something different. Carl, do me a favor. Take this shield. And he flies down, and he grabs this shield off the wall, this big, like, oak wooden uh, shield, the standard big circular shield with metal on this on the rim. And he says, go defend the orb for us. We are going to take turns making attacks on the orb. Carl, your job is to defend it, to block any incoming breaths, but I'm going to allow them to get as close as they would like this time. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Tug, why don't you give it a shot first? You can try to get past Carl in any way you would like, but you must make a shot on the orb. Okay. Um, So... Tug kind of leans forward and uh, whispers in uh, Mr. Boomsday's ear, let's fucking go, let's get this. And then they take off and 
in a wide arc. They actually go like far above the orb Mm -hmm. and kind of do like a spiraling like down, like crashing towards the orb, kind of like a a pelican dives into the water to get fish, like how they kind of spin with their wings out to make like a rotation and just zoom in towards the uh, towards the orb. As Tug is diving down, um, Carl, what are you doing to defend this thing? I mean, I, I, I would just kind of be circling the orb. All right, so you, you are circling the orb, just trying to follow Tug's movements yeah. as he dives down. Tug, take a shot. Um, and Carl, as a reaction, since you are a blocker, as a reaction, you can impose disadvantage on this shot since you're trying to follow him around. So, Tug, you're going to roll with disadvantage. 18. Even with disadvantage, nice, good. All right, so Carl, you lift your you lift your shield up and you kind of close your eyes, just like anticipating this blast of fire, and it goes right over your forehead and hits the orb and um, sassy and yeah, go ahead. So I don't get to roll like any kind of defense at all. No, you impose disadvantage like that, and that's so I'm basic like that's just it. Well, I mean, you'll get it. You would get a turn. Yeah, and you so could, like blast right. them off their mount or something. Right. So the way it, it initiative is going to work in this game is if an action is done against you, you're going to be able to hop in immediately and take your turn as an action, even if you're like later in the initiative order. So you would have some kind of rebuttal. But I mean, yeah, he made the shot. You're imposing disadvantage, so he made the shot. You failed to block it. You don't really roll anything, but you cause it to be more difficult to be rolled. Yeah, be better. So then my turn would be automatically next as my reaction, but I just don't do anything. What, what do you, I mean, we could change the rules up. What do you think What do you think you should be able to do? So here's, I have a question on, on these lines. So my guy's speed is faster than a wyvern. So if mm-hmm. I'm up against a wyvern defender and I'm like, say I start my turn like hovering in range of the thing and he's right. in front of me. Can I like just go eighty feet in a circle around the thing, and he can't keep up with me, so he can't impose disadvantage? Like, does he have to be standing, like hovering between me and the thing? Well, like in theory, if somebody's riding a wyvern, they're going to be by the orb anyway, so they're going to have like less need. They're going to have less move. distance right. to travel. Shit, right. that's some fucking geometry. Geometry stuff, right? Exactly. <laughs> they're going to have to be within fifteen feet. So yeah, that's not going to work. You you're able to you're able to traverse the um, arena faster. Like, like to- my my only point, like for this scenario specifically, is like it doesn't matter. Like. Yeah, I impose disadvantage, but like I actually have no actual chance to stop the shot other than hoping that like they with roll a, bad. With a roll, with a right. roll, right? That, that's all I'm saying. No, I mean, I think you're right. I think if you want to add rolls to it, we can say instead of imposing disadvantage, you let them roll normally and you roll against it and the highest roll wins, whether it's like you can, you can you, as a reaction, you can roll to block and if you roll higher, then you could say, well, you use your, uh, I don't know, I guess it would still be dexterity because you got to move your shield in the way. But you do an, an opposing dex check, and whoever wins that dex check, you either get the point or it's blocked. We could do that. I, don't know. I mean, we could just play it how they figured, how it was designed. I, know it's, I, mean, no, it's I, actually, fine because, I actually think that's a good idea. Because then you're not so much passive, you're actually actively right. doing something. And I, I, I don't know, like, I feel like as a defender, I should get like, like we're using a shield like plus two to my roll or whatever. Right, right. The good thing is, is uh, this is our world and our game, so we can make it whatever fuck we want. You do whatever you That's want. That's true. I will That's say true. this. I will say you can either use, because I think your ability to hold a shield while flying and to move it in the direction of an incoming breath weapon, you could say physically you're either using your dexterity to do this or your strength. So I could say you could choose which modifier you want to use. Okay, that makes sense. A, that be- makes a sense. beef goalie versus like an agile, exactly. Swift because goalie. like my my dexterity is like super shitty, but my strength is really good. Yeah. So, so let's do that. So let's say um, instead of it being a passive, imposing disadvantage, you actually physically roll against an incoming attack. Um, if you're within 15 feet of the orb, you get a plus two to that attack to that roll. Okay. Um, if not, so that way you know you can pull the goalie. You can right. come out. But that's gonna be it's gonna be harder to make shots on. I just I'm gonna write that down though. Fifteen yeah. feet of orb. Okay. 
All right. So, all right. So rule change. All right. That's cool. That's cool. This is why I wanted to do this before we got into the game. So, um, we're all training here. All right. So that's what happened. So, so tug, uh, you rolled a what? An 18? If we're not doing disadvantage, it's a 22. Okay. 22. You rolled 22. Now, Carl, why don't you roll to block? It's a 23. Cool. Nice. Okay. So, so what happens, uh, Carl, how do you block this shot? I just barely get my shield up in time to graze the bottom of, or to graze his shot, uh, just to barely block the trajectory of his breath from hitting the orb. All right, nice. Okay, good. Um, very good. So, so Falcor says, Carl, excellent, but, but Tug, I gotta say, that was a massively strong shot. You definitely would have hit against a lesser opponent in the games. Good to know, because we just fucking started, so <laughs> I can't imagine there's too many people worse than us. Thanks, Valcor. Right. Wink in the gun. Yeah. All right, Carl, let's see if you can block Durf's shot. Durf does a barrel roll. <laughs> 30. It's good. <laughs> Takes a shot. Two. <laughs> Takes a shot. Nine. All right. Roll to block. Eight. <laughs> well, I miss anyway because I don't hit the AC of the board. Correct. Right? Um. Right. That is. Yeah. I don't. I. I feel like if they beat my roll, they should just that. It should just be a hit. No. I. Well. I think it. It. It makes. It makes sense conceptually. You have to hit a fifteen. I mean, it should be hard. It should be hard to, hit to the, score. To hit, to hit it hard enough to trigger. Right. Yeah. So I think. I think we. What we could do is just say, okay, Jamal, you roll your attack. If it's more than a fifteen. Carl has a chance to block. If it's not, he's not even gonna like. It's so far off. Okay, yeah, he doesn't have to. Yeah, sense. I mean, it it, yeah. it should be hard okay, to score. Right. Okay, yeah. So you blast this this electric breath, and again, this trickle of sparks just kind of like shoots out. And Falcor looks to you, and he's like, "Yeah, we really gotta gotta work on that. That's pretty poor. Gotta be honest with you, Durf." Well, I did a cool trick before, so. <laughs> It was a pretty you know, sick barrel rule. I'll give you in, that. In, in the court of public opinion, <laughs> I think I think I did a pretty good yeah, move. Yeah. Hey everybody, this is Joe, your dungeon master. Hope you're enjoying listening to episode 37. We had a lot of fun with this one. Just learning about. The game getting getting amped and prepared for what is to come ahead. So I hope you have been been enjoying it with us. Um, just a couple of announcements as of today. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out on Monday tonight, we are recording our podcast of Waterdeep One Shot. We are episode seven in a ten set uh, ten episode series of adventures that all kind of tie in together. Um, that is going to be released through Wizards of the Coast on September 10th through their Dungeon Delve feed. We're super excited. Um, we're joined by podcasts like The Broadsword, but the Broadswords, God's Fall, Taking Initiative, a lot of great DMs and players and and guests. I think Chris Perkins is even one of the guests on one of those shows. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you tune in. We will, of course, um, release our episode on the normal feed, but we can't do that until after the event. So be sure to tune in to all 10 of the episodes when the event goes live starting September 10th. Just another note here, we have been releasing on off weeks to our patrons a new podcast called A Few More Beers, and basically um, Emma and Josh, who are two fans of the show and two of uh, friends of ours, um, started this podcast, A Few More Beers, and they interview us, and they also recap episodes starting with episode one. So we have put out, I think, three episodes. We've got a couple more um, in in the dugout, uh, so... Be sure to become a patron if you want to check that out. Uh, have some You Mean the Tavern cast content on the off weeks on, on Mondays where we don't uh, offer episodes. You can become a patron with just a dollar a month. You can go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern and sign up and support the show and get some awesome, great content. Um, speaking of Patreon... I want to give a shout out to the $15 or more patrons, people that go above and beyond to support the show financially, um, helping us do great things like hire out music that we continue to do from Jacob Pretty, which is always awesome. Um, we, we 
uh, commissioned some art, continuing, you know, just letting us go to events and meet fans and like conventions and things like that, just kind of spreading the you meet in a tavern love. And um, anyway, we, we just really appreciate uh, all your donations and your continuous support of the show. David Ashley Cole, Andre K, Sir Falkor the Fearless, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Ursula Bertea, James J.C. Aklantz, who wants to give a shout out to Hit Dice Podcast, Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Tarkin Davis. Davis, Eleanor Fitchett, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, Jonathan Zeman, GM Binder, Michael Kenitzer, Chris Salberg, Jaeger, Max Bender, Holly Roxana, Chad Putnam, Ice Blue 220, Strive for Honor, Sarah Blue, Mark Deacon, Nathan and Samantha Ballou, John Dalstrom, and that's it. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for uh, your donations to the show. It really means a lot. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of episode 37. We'll see you in a couple weeks, uh, and be sure to tune in. Like I said, September 10th, Wizards of the Coast. It's going to be awesome. See ya. All right, so... um, Falcor Falcor takes to the air and he says, Now let's try this. Durf and Tug, you seem to be the attackers of the bunch. Let's see if you can get through me and Carl to make a shot. Let's fucking go. And then Tug just yeah. So are we attacking together? I guess that's an important. You are attacking together. So let's roll initiative here in this case. Sixteen. <laughs> okay. Eleven. All right, so up first are actually Durf and Tug. I'm going to let you guys, since you are up first, go in any order you want. Um, Like I said, the way we're going to do initiative a little bit differently in this game is if you target uh, an opponent on a turn or an orb, if if an opponent is some way involved in your action, they're going to be able to jump ahead in initiative and rebute that attack. But does that also take up their... Spot in the turn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so they don't get they, two actions. They move in the their turn, turn up. up. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yep. 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 So Durf and Tug, you guys are up together. What do you want to do? I just, I just have a couple questions for to sort it out in my head. Oh, set up. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Is there a way to use our like maneuverability, like because we have faster mounts? Is there a way to do that to set up a better shot? Does that make sense? Like if I can f- like feign out the goalie, you know, obviously my shot mm-hmm. will become easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have to get over yeah. a 15 to hit, but make, maybe they have a disadvantage right. or uh, they don't get their bonus or whatever. How would we set that right. stuff up? So right now, here's where here where we're at. Yeah, that makes sense. Here, here's where we're at as far as uh, the arena and the setup. So basically, there's the orb in the center of it. Um, Carl, where where are you? Just directly in front of it? Uh, just circling the orb. Okay, so you're circling the orb about 15 feet away. Falcor is going to be about 20 feet in front of him. Just kind of like in like facing the two of you who are 10 feet apart about 80 feet away from the orb so you you both are kind of like hovering off to the side you see falcor in front of you and you see carl just like darting back and forth around the orb um you said one falcor you, is yeah. like 20 feet in front of carl between us and the orb between so you and the orb like right. a so, y. so if one of you decides to do something i'll tell you what the opponent is going to do carl can decide what he wants to do like, does he want to follow Kirk to the right, or does he want to stay in his position? Is Falcor going to follow Kirk, or just kind of back up a little bit? So, I'll, I'll t- whatever you want to do, I will tell you the result of that. And so, and explain to me how initiative works again. We like come up with a plan for the two of us to do on my move, or w- either one of us can take the initiative. How does it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so either one of you can go first if you if you're in a position where you think it's better if one person tries a shot uh, to like to draw a defender over there and then the next person comes and like slides in because that person doesn't have a rebuttal. You could choose to do that. Okay. So like Edge of the Empire. Right. We've got like good guy initiative and bad guy initiative. We go whatever order we want. Very good. Yep. So what I'm going to... And how far away are we from, let's say, the orb? 80 feet from the orb. Okay. And my... I have... I'm the assassin, so I get plus 10... So yep. Kirk and I both have 90 feet of movement? Correct. Okay. I want to fly straight at Falcor, get like quite close to him, and then flare sharply up uh, nice. 
to try to, I guess that would put me close enough to shoot. So I will take a shot, but my main goal is to kind of peel him off. And should we do like animal handling checks on that? I mean, you're really, that's just movement. I think maybe I mean, if it's if something like convoluted, like crazy. Right, right. I think just flying towards him and up is not really a maneuver. But, yeah, well, but my goal was to like, for it to be like, almost like a juke. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, my goal was to like, sort of use my good animal handling to like, do a move to try and like, shade him off. Like okay. Like a pick and roll in basketball or something. Um, yeah, so, so that's fine. Um. Yeah, why don't we roll combating animal handling checks to see if he follows you? Because he's going to try to follow you um, and like follow your movement. So if you can roll higher, then we you you pass him. All right, so um, I had a twenty-three, seventeen. Okay, so you try to juke him out, uh, but he is hot on your tails. Like every way, which way you move with your mount with Rosa, he is following you uh, to two feet behind you at all times. Um, you're going to take a shot, but he is a crasher. So you can roll. Go ahead and roll and take the shot. 17. All right, Carl, you want to use your reaction now to block it? It will hit if you don't. Yeah. 21. Does it? Does that mean he can't block Tug's right. shot? Right, exactly. All right, success. Successful move. All right, all right. So, so Durf, so you guys explain to me how this works. So, Durf, you explain the shot. Carl, you explain the block. So, I'm um, Durf is, you know, Fal- Falcor is keeping up with him, and Durf just sort of stretches and tries to put a shot through in that tiny bit of space he's got. It shoots past Falcor, and it is on target. But Sir Carl circling the orb, seeing that Falcor failed, darts and just barely knocks away the breath, uh, diverting it from hitting the orb, uh, leaving him kind of like out of position, uh, like 20, 25 feet away from the orb. And since this was a maneuver against uh, it caused Falcor to do something to make a roll, um, he's going to pull his action up to the top now and he's going to go. Well, I haven't gone yet. And when he's going to do... Right, I know, but Durf just went, right? Okay, so that's our collective action. I understand. I see, right. I see, okay. So Durf, Durf went, Falcor had a maneuver against him. He's going to pull up. He's, he's now going to go, and he's going to peel away since he knows Durf has to recharge that weapon um, with a big old thumbs up back to Carl. And he's going to peel away, and he's going to hover back down about 10 feet, about uh, 20 feet in front of the orb, and he's going to ready an action. And he's going to say, if, if Tug gets within firing range of the orb, um, he's going to crash into him. So he is re- he's just going to ready himself for an action. Okay, cool. Tug, uh, once Durf took off right at Falcor initially, Tug kind of swooped in behind him uh, and you know just followed behind him to eliminate drag and is just like picking up speed. Uh, the Pegasus uh, snoot almost touching the Hippogriff's bottom uh, because that's how close they are. And when Durf peels off, um, Tug kind of does a, another set of quick sw- squeezes on uh, on the Pegasus's like wing joints, and it just kind of like missiles in, like folds its wings in, and just missiles in towards the uh, towards the orb. Um, as the shot is deflected, and Falcor swoops back around in front of Tug. Tug is just barreling at him, top speed, um, closing it within the 30-foot distance. And at the final moment, uh, tries to do some animal handling, whatever it is, to quickly dip, like, right under Falcor to get inside the 15 feet for a, for a, a clean shot. All right, so he's going to take his action at this point um, because you readied it, because he readied it, and you came in close, and he sees you start to dip, um, and he pulls in his Pegasus's wings, so he just free falls and tries to get down at you as you're dipping under him. So I'm going to roll an attack roll here, okay. uh, and that is a 17. AC's an 18. All right, so you dip underneath him as he just free falls down at you, and the Pegasus's like tail 
just grazes the side of your mount as he falls. And at the last second, inches above the ground, the Pegasus spreads its wings back again, and he's looking up at you as you're still barreling towards the orb. So what do you want to do? Um, I will I will take a shot on the orb. Do it. It's undefended. 21. All right, nice. So you blast yeah. this flame breath that hits the orb directly in the center, and it glows a bright purple as Falcor descends to the ground, and Sassy is just losing her shit. She's clapping. She's applauding at all of you, all of your actions. Um, and... Falcor calls you back over and he says, I know we haven't had much time. You guys have done an excellent job training. I'm so proud of you. I think I think you're going to win this thing. <laughs> I think Falcor just lost all credibility as an Ari Tissy Trekkis coach. Thanks, boss. <laughs> He's like John Candy in Cool Running. Oh, God. <laughs> um, wait, so I have a I have questions, which I can ask in character or not. So I I forget what's what's the rules. Is this like a points, or we have to hit the orb like three times? Hit the three yeah, times. First, first team to hit the orb three times wins. And it is. I had thought when I originally like mind conceptualized it, I thought there were going to be like two sides, or is it? Yeah, there in, will be. This is just a training. Okay, facility. so the, it yep. is not just one orb. There will be like half there's court. A, a, there's our orb and the other exactly. orb. Exactly, right. Okay. All right, let's yeah. fucking this'll be, win this tournament. This will be a challenge for sure. Um, so I'm going to try to, I mean, I'm going to try, try to make this uh, this tournament as cinematic as possible. I'm not real worried about like making sure you're the perfect distance away. If you want to do something cool, you tell me what that is. Um, stunt points. All right, so... I was going to give you, I was going to like make you earn stunt points through training, but that didn't really work out well. So we'll just say this. I'm going to give you each three stunt points. Okay. And I have four because I got one during training. I'll give you the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you a fourth one. So what a stunt point does is if you want to make a really awesome maneuver, if you want to barrel roll, if you want to do a flip, <laughs> if you want to try to juke somebody out, um, I'm going to let you roll that with advantage with one of those stunt points. Okay. And how many do we have? You have three. Okay. If for the whole day, if you want to make an attack roll on somebody, if you want to do a flip, something cool that you can describe, you can use a stunt point to roll with advantage. Um, so that's what those are. Cool. Carl, you have four. Yes. I have, I have it written down in my notes. You can use those to, to do a cool maneuver to give you advantage on a block roll. Can I just say okay. that we should all be thinking of like a backup plan for when this goes horribly wrong? And you start losing <laughs> two, to, two to nothing. All right. All yep. right. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the game. There's some training. I'm glad we went through that. I, I, I know this was kind of like a rough episode to record and probably to listen to everybody. I don't think it's, it's going to be as bad as you think. Yeah. I thought it was kind of yeah, sweet. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of editing, but I think that last, that last part was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, so Falcor, Falcor looks you up and down and he says that was a fantastic showing of Aratissi Trekkis. I'm so impressed by the way you've picked up the game. It's going to be tough tomorrow. It's going to be it's going to be tough going, but I think with determination if you've used what you've learned today, I think you can handle it and we'll be there watching. Now, let's get some rest. You've got a big day ahead of you tomorrow. I'll see you in the morning. Durf's 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 excited to go play a game where he has not yet hit an open goal. <laughs> In practice. Cinderella story. <laughs> Hold on. As he as he approaches the orb, um, Carl Carl he sees Carl like mouthing something, and he as he approaches it gets louder and he hears, "All right, stop." Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention, something. Grab the hold of me tightly, then I float. No, okay, sorry. Never mind. We'll stop. <laughs> D- does he do anything? Or <laughs> just, 
just sings a little song. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to screenshot this. That's going on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. In Joe's defense, um, that was miserable. <laughs> God, I want to not have that in the episode at all. <laughs> last but very not least, very not, especially not least, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to our $5 patrons, Metal Minister, Anderson Martins, Jimmy the Penguin, Austin Pence, Derek Norman, Tim Searle, Liquor Locker, Team Eugene, Jacqueline Green, Sonormantha, Kensworth Slater, Zabrija Emma Spring, Team Joe and Carl, Joshua Ald, Sierra Jones, Tornland for the Win, Oya Bun, Ryan Corbin, Lady Mage Sire, Torben Schwarz, James Crouch, JJ Haller, Chris Harrison, Tucker Barkley, Pat Manads, Seth M. Harrison, Kevin DeHart, Thomas Sanchez, Matthew Watson, Kevin Kozlowski, Jesse Jones, David Barron, Dan McStalkerson, Jason Ripman, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin, Marco Olofsson, Ian Coughlin, William Martin, Elemental.fm, Dungeons Masters Thrift Shop, Jack Mega, Nick Vukulic, Vitaly Vasilyuk, Joe Quickle, Adam Hoffling. Well, pretty soon we're just going to do a separate podcast uh, on naming all patrons. So anyway, thank you guys so much for your support and your donations to the show. means a ton. I can't believe this many people want to give us money for this thing. But we really appreciate it. Love you guys and peace out.